The other day I was out walking and I stopped to take a look at a grapevine that is growing in a nearby yard. Now I've passed this vine many times over the years, but this is the first time that I really stopped and looked at it. It's growing right next to the chain link fence that surrounds the yard and it looks really old. Its branches run along the fence, and during the winter, they look pretty scraggly, even dead. But right now, new branches are growing with bright spring green leaves. That vine may be old, but it is still giving life, and it was really beautiful to see it. The color was gorgeous, just gorgeous. In the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John... Jesus and his disciples have finished what will be their last meal together. And all through this meal, Jesus has been trying to prepare his disciples for life after his death and resurrection. To that end, he has washed their feet, fed them with bread and wine, and assured them that the Holy Spirit, the advocate, would come to them after he is gone. Still, he knows that they do not understand, and so he looks for another way to reassure them that the relationship that they share with him will continue even after he is no longer physically with them. Picking up a bunch of grapes from the table, he looks at them and says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. This is a metaphor that the disciples can understand. Not only are they familiar with the process of growing grapes, but the metaphor of a vineyard is used many times in the Old Testament to describe the relationship between God and Israel. Jesus goes on, My father removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. The disciples nod, knowing that Pruning, removing dead branches and cutting back healthy ones is a necessary part of growing grapes. They also understand that a grape can, that a branch can only bear fruit when it's connected to the vine, for the vine is the means by which uh, nutrients and water come from the soil. Then Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And suddenly, the disciples realize that he's not talking about grapevines at all. He's talking about them. Three words stand out in this passage. Prune, fruit, and abide. That last one, abide, is not a word that we use very much anymore. When's the last time you said abide? probably can't even think of it. I can't. And yet, Jesus uses this word over and over again. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Those who abide in me and I will bear much fruit. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. If you abide in me and my words abide and you ask for whatever you wish. He goes on and on. What is he trying to say here? The Greek word, root of the, of the word abide has a number of meanings. Stay in place, endure, hold out, remain, reside. To abide in something or with someone is to stay with that thing or person. 
But Jesus isn't just saying, saying, stick with me, kids, you ain't seen nothing yet. He's describing an even deeper connection, a relationship as close as that of a vine and its branches. Rooted in the earth, the vine is that source of life for its branches. Without the nutrients and water it provides, the branches will wither and die, and they can only produce fruit if they are connected to the vine. They can't go it on their own. Neither can the disciples, and neither can we. We, too, live in a time when Jesus is not physically present We, too, are like branches that need the vine in order to live and bear fruit. But there's a difference. Branches on a grapevine cannot help but be attached to the vine, for they grow out of it. We, on the other hand, can choose to stay in relationship with Jesus or not. So what does it mean to abide in Jesus? Jesus himself offers several clues in this passage and in the verses that immediately follow. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. He says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. He says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This is my commandment, that you love one another. From those verses, it would seem that abiding in Jesus is spending time reading and mulling over the scriptures, taking the nourishment of his words into our minds and hearts. To abide in Jesus is to turn to him in prayer and to allow our relationship with him to guide and shape us. Most of all, to abide in Jesus is to choose to love as he loves, letting his grace and forgiveness and compassion flow to us and through us like water and nutrients flow from the vine to its branches. In other words, to abide in Jesus is to depend on him instead of on ourselves. It also means living in relationship with one another. Christian life is not a solitary one. It is meant to, live in commu- meant to be lived in community with the other branches of the Jesus vine, if you will. Through Christ, we are connected together. And that means more than just being friends on Facebook. It means belonging to each other. It means being willing to be vulnerable to each other and honest with each other. It means learning how to love each other and working things out together when we fail to do that, because we will. It means accepting each other as Jesus accepts us, faults and all. That's not easy which is another good reason to keep on abiding in Jesus himself. As I contemplate that thought, that relationship, I can't help but think of the covenant group to which I belong. We seven clergy women have been together now for nearly three years, and it is such a joy to be in this group. We support one another, we celebrate with one another, We complain about things with one another, 
And we love one another enough to be brutally sometimes honest with each other. We're able to do this because each one of us has a relationship with the vine of Christ. And the relationship that we share in him has helped us through some pretty rough spots in our work and our personal lives. Abiding in Jesus also means two other things. Being pruned and bearing fruit. Pruning is necessary to the life of the vine. Otherwise, it wastes energy trying to send nutrients to branches that cannot make use of them, which means less nutrients for the other branches. Now, I admit that some of Jesus' images in this passage are intimidating, images of cutting and pruning and being thrown into the fire. But God's purpose in pruning, if you will, is not judgment, but redemption. When God prunes, God does not seek to harm, but to make us more fruitful, not to punish, but to lovingly remove anything that is extraneously extraneous to God's purpose. Sometimes that means that a door will close, or a particular ministry or mission will come to an end. Sometimes that means that energy will be diverted to another branch, a different means of serving, another outreach, a different way of following Jesus, another way of being the church. Sometimes that means letting go and letting God. And sometimes it means finding time to rest and to take stock. When Jesus talks about being thrown into the fire. He's not talking about hell. He's talking about the little use that we can be when we are not pruned. Moreover, when God does the pruning, we are not left without resources. On the contrary, we are given a promise, as theologian David Lose explains. Here's the thing, he writes. If Jesus had only said, abide in me or else, that would be a different matter. But it's not. Abide in me, Jesus said, as I abide in you. This is more than good advice, more than an invitation. This is a promise that no matter what happens, Jesus will be with us. Jesus will hold on to us. And that no matter what happens, God and Jesus will bring all things to a good end. Which is not to say, by the way, that everything happens for a reason. Rather, it is to say that no matter what happens, we have God's promise in Jesus to work for good. Thanks be to God. Finally, abiding in Jesus means bearing fruit. When I read this passage, I always think, well, what does he mean by that? What, what kind of fruit is he talking about? Grapes or I don't know, plums, what, what is that? Um, Jesus doesn't really spell it out in, in this passage. All he says is that to bear fruit is to glorify God and to uh, become his disciples. And while I wish, might wish that Jesus had been more specific, I would suggest that this is an indication that the kind of fruit we produce is limited only by our gifts and our imagination. I would also suggest that no matter what that fruit is, It must reveal the love of God in Christ in tangible, concrete ways. And so we might think of the fruit in this way. 
as kindness and compassion, as sharing. Or fruit as caring for others, not just in our family or our church, but in our community. Fruit is promoting peace. The fruit is giving hope. The fruit is spreading joy. The fruit is blessing. The fruit is joining with God in giving life and love. We can only produce such fruit if we abide in Jesus, if we choose to accept our dependence upon him. That's hard when we live in a society that idolizes the individual and promotes self-sufficiently and independence. The truth is, though, we can't be independent, not and bear the kind of fruit that Jesus is talking about. We need to be connected to the vine of Christ and through him to the source of our life, our Heavenly Father. And like it or not, we can't help but be connected to each other, for we depend on others, on people we will never know sometimes, for the things that we need to live, our food, our clothing, our education, our safety, and in turn, they depend on us. Truth be told, we are connected to every other person in the world, if only because we share the same home. Which brings me to another connection, our relationship with our earth. You heard the kids this morning. They understand this relationship. They know that the things we do or don't do have an impact on our world. And that leads me to ask, when will we adults recognize that damage to our earth causes us to wither? When will we decide to prune our lifestyles so that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren will have a healthy earth on when to live and they won't have to figure out how to get to Mars? When will we realize that caring for the earth is caring for ourselves? The fruit that we are to bear in Christ includes a planet free of pollution and an environment that is healthy for all creatures. Jesus gives us an amazing gift. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me as I abide in you. It's an invitation into a life-giving relationship of love. May our lives be nurtured and strengthened by that relationship so that we may bear fruit that will indeed give glory to God and bless others in Christ's name. May it be so. Amen.